The Operations Leadership Podcast with Gautam Basu provides insights for today's business leaders on creating value through operations improvement, process excellence, digital innovation, and organizational leadership. This episode's guest is Mr. Peter Torin. Peter is a seasoned operations leader and business executive based in Tallinn, Estonia. He has extensive experience in multiple industry sectors, including banking, finance, payments processing, and secure logistics service businesses. He has held various leadership roles in these organizations, where he has had full PL responsibility and has had to lead, manage, and transform large teams of over 500 people across multiple countries. And during his tenure, he has led multiple business transformations. And these transformations include digital operations improvement, as well as organizational restructuring. During the course of this conversation with Peter, we discussed several things around the importance of physical cash, the asset specificity of the secure logistics service industry, as well as transforming an organization from a local one to a regional one. So we hope you enjoy this conversation with Peter. Hello, Peter, and welcome to the Operations Leadership Podcast. Maybe we could start off a little bit with your background. So could you please tell us a little bit about your background and experience? Hello, Gautam, uh, and thank you for having me. Uh, my name is uh, Peter Torim. I was born in capital of Estonia, Tallinn, and uh, I currently live close to Tallinn. I'm married to a Lithuanian national, and uh, we have two wonderful kids. Uh, I have 30 years long uh, professional career in Baltics and Nordics in banking, uh, fintech uh, and the payments, as well in secure logistics business. Ah, very interesting. Yeah, you have an interesting background. And I know, Peter, that you were uh, the former managing director and chairman of the board for one of the world's largest secure logistics companies in the Baltic region. And as I understood, these operation combines a variety of components, including logistics, security, and also cash management services. So could you kindly tell us a little bit more about how you manage these type of special service operations? That's right. Uh, Secure logistics, uh, often called uh, just as cash in transit or CIT, is mainly about providing uh, cash logistics, counting and safekeeping of cash for financial institutions and uh, retail customers. Uh, In core of this business is trust. Companies of such kind uh, have to be very trustworthy as undertake to guarantee safe transport, counting and holding of cash and other valuables. Hmm, Very interesting. And maybe something since we're in the digital world and everything is becoming more digitalized. um, So in the digital age is physical cash, is it still relevant? Great question. And um, my answer is that yes, cash is still very relevant. Cash has existed for thousands of years 
and it is not going away anytime soon. As per European Central Bank statistics, 340 million individuals use daily in Europe banknotes and coins, so there is demand for cash. Some Nordic countries, which have tried intentionally to rule out cash from their societies, have regretted such approach and turning this back by imposing banks and retailers an obligation to accept also cash. Uh, Even though cash might look like something outdated in modern world, it does have unique feature like being not dependent on technologies and infrastructure. Given today's unstable world, it is important to have several options to make payments. Mm, Very interesting. And as this is combining the security and logistics service businesses, um, so as it's a secure logistics business, how did your organization approach specifically risk management? And were those risks embedded as internal controls within the processes of your organization? Yes, indeed. Uh, Risk management, including internal controls, are vital functions to ensure that all risks are mapped, analyzed and properly mitigated. So in general, secure logistics business is comparable to any other business which has risks uh, to deal with. You can probably understand that uh, due to the sensitivity of this uh, matter, I can't go in more details. Right, totally understand. And I can imagine that uh, that these assets within the business are quite specific uh, when providing these type of services. You know, so did you have, for example, these specific specialized uh, assets such as armored vehicles or even from the labor perspective, very trained and certified labor, specialized software, et cetera? Um, how, how difficult or easy is it to scale such an operation with such specialized assets? Uh, that's correct. Uh, definitely uh, very specialized uh, assets uh, are used in order to ensure health and safety of employees and secure cash and valuables. Uh, for example, special vehicles, firearms, and various uh, state-of-art technologies are used day in, day out. Uh, that also includes uh, ink-staining technologies, which uh, makes attacking cash in transit crews pointless, as ink-stained cash is worthless. Of course, staff uh, needs to be trained and licensed, so onboarding a new CIT messengers is a several months long process. Uh, coming to your next uh, question, uh, scaling of such kind of operations, uh, well, in uh, within one country actually it is uh, quite easy but the cross region uh, involving several countries is much more complicated uh drawing example uh, uh on baltics so three baltic countries pretty similar however uh, what comes to legislation uh, applying to cit uh, these countries do differ quite significantly As well, uh, cross-border valuables logistics requires special license and uh, needs to be in compliance with each country's local requirements. So from that perspective, not not that easy to to arrange and takes extra effort as well well cost to do it. What comes to software, then it's uh, possible to cover, of course, several countries using one core software. 
And that's not only uh, software what could and should be used uh, across uh, several countries. Uh, also back office functions uh, and uh, external service providers uh, who are definitely needed to run efficient uh, operations, uh, well, they, they can and should be uh, used across uh, several countries. Mm. Yeah, it's, uh, that's interesting. And, and since this is a operations leadership-focused uh, podcast, um, I, I understood that during your tenure there at that uh, specific business, that you managed to transform the structure of the Baltic cash logistics business from a three-country-centric individual uh, country uh, uh, related to one common pan-Baltic structure. So could you please tell us a little bit more how you went about doing this transformation? Yeah, sure. So uh, I got a very interesting mission. Uh, uh, Once the ownership uh, changed in this uh, business, uh, the new owner... uh, uh, did very right decision to uh, instead of having three separate uh, country organizations uh, to establish one common uh, Baltic uh, uh, cash business management uh, organization. So um, just to give some uh, some uh, reference on on the size of the business, it uh, it involved uh, over five hundred of staff and and uh, over one hundred vehicles and uh, tens of cash counting centers across the region. To, survive, uh, to provide services uh, to all the banks operating in the Baltics, as well majority of uh, retail customers, about 20,000 of those uh, in the region. In order to make uh, all that happen, um, I had to uh, put in place a Baltic uh, management team, so truly regional management team, uh, uh, so find the best talents uh, to do it. Uh, and and uh, together, as, as a team effort, we managed uh, to deliver in, in a very short uh, time period uh, amazing results. So, mm. uh, so that's, uh, that's in, in a nutshell what, uh, what happened. Very interesting. And, and I could imagine that uh, taking a country level, three different distinct country-centric operations and putting them into one pan-Baltic structure can be quite challenging. So what were some of the challenges of such a transformation and how did you overcome them? So uh, this kind of uh, transformation definitely doesn't count as a, as, a, as, a, as a simple change management. It definitely counts as a, as a major business transformation. Uh, so in that respect, uh, that's really, really a change of uh, scale. Uh, but as in any other businesses, I would say uh, the core are the people and technologies, uh, uh, what can and should be used in order to, to make uh, all that happen. Of course, we shouldn't uh, forget about customers because uh, at the end, I mean, customer is the one who who pays the bills and then and, and customers have to be happy as well. So, so in that respect, uh, having the talents, right talents, uh, the people who uh, were and are able to, to run really uh, uh, regional teams, so the talents uh, able to do it, that's the first, uh, first challenge uh, to, to find those talents. And and, uh, and and from there on, looking on, on the teams, uh, quite quite several hundred of, of, of staff, 
in in countries. So with them, it's 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 clearly that the uh, answering that the, the question uh, why why changes are needed, why it does make sense to have a uh, efficient Baltic uh, organization instead of historically already been operated, uh, uh, which has been operated uh, in, in a separate uh, country basis, like like 20 plus years. So answering the why question, well, that was pretty easy in a way, because uh, definitely it's uh, it's much more efficient to run uh, run, a, run a regional operation uh, uh, instead of having kind of, I would call it triplicating many, many of the functions uh, in, in, in three countries. So, uh, so that's uh, that's the main thing: uh, communication, telling why, and making it happen. Making it happen mainly uh, means to drive the efficiency, operational efficiency. Uh, for example, we did run a massive Baltic uh, lean efficiency improvement program, and that uh, was very successful. On uh, it resulted major savings and, and achieving. Uh, uh, much leaner uh, uh, operations, streamlining the, the, the processes and so so on. But again, uh, nothing of that kind could happen without good internal communication, uh, recognizing success as well, rewarding the best. With, if we would not do all that, uh, we wouldn't uh, uh, get expected uh, results. And one of the uh, fears of staff in, in this kind of ownership change and major business transformations uh, is always the question that, well, uh, well, what will happen to me? And then and, and do I need to work now like uh, several times more I did before and so on. But that kind of stress uh, was eased pretty quickly because it's not, uh, it's not about really uh, working uh, more and pushing employees to work more. It's about working with the right tools, uh, uh, working smarter, and and achieving a better rhythm uh, of, of, of daily uh, work. So in a way, pretty simple things, but it has to be done regularly and, and properly communicated. So that's uh, that's uh, how it went. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting uh, example of transformation. And I know many many companies are undergoing similar things. Uh, maybe a question on uh, metrics. Uh, so, how number one, how long did it take you uh, for this transformation to occur in terms of months or years? And you know, what were some of the metrics or KPIs that you uh, used to measure the success? Because you mentioned, for example, uh, lean and efficiency improvement, the back office and the front office. So um, what were some clear metrics and how long did it take you to kind of reach these targets? Uh, coming from, from bottom up, of course, uh, everything what we do, uh, right or wrong, uh, does uh, show up in, in, in the bottom line. So, so in that respect, I would say, uh, of course, uh, the, the main metrics is, was to improve uh, uh, the result of uh, of, of these uh, three operations, kind of in a new Baltic uh, uh, combined uh, uh, way. Uh, so, uh, all this lean and efficiency improvements uh, uh, did support, of course, uh, uh, achieving better uh, results. So that's been. Mainly, of course, taking uh, taking out uh, costs. So where, wherever there was waste in the organization, and I I really have to say there were like uh, 
like uh, tens of initiatives, what we did find uh, uh, both on the cash in transit side as well on the cash counting side, because there are there are two two uh, kind of important uh, uh, pieces in this uh, service chain. So I would say that uh, counting those metrics would be like a bit excessive because uh, uh, these are kind of different uh, in, in, in their essence. So CIT being like logistics uh, uh, business uh, um, and, and, and cash counting being like, like a traditional uh, uh, production, let's say, uh, kind, kind of a factory-like uh, uh, production line uh, uh, operations. So, mm-hmm. so from that uh, perspective, it was uh, it was uh, it was really, really, truly, uh, truly amazing that in in, in a, a few months' time we we, we spotted uh, tens of uh, new initiatives, which we did start to consciously uh, uh, improve. And uh, I would say these uh, major results uh, were vis- visible in, in uh, six to nine months' uh, time. So mm-hmm. it does take definitely time to kind of uh, get the buy-in from the staff. They have to understand that, well, this is a, this is a smarter way. I mean, doing, doing something in a different way, uh, taking out the, 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 uh, the waste from, from the process, it, it does make sense. And, and and we did achieve it uh, even in COVID times when it was uh, there was really difficult to to travel across the Baltics. A lot of things had to be done uh, virtually, uh, trainings and so on as well. Tackled uh, some language issues and so on. So from that perspective, uh, I would say uh, the core is uh, the core is the right spirit, and and I wouldn't overemphasize even the metrics. Uh, that much. Of course, we did have a number of of metrics, but again, uh, due to sensitivity, I can't really, really uh, give any specific samples uh, as you asked. But uh, but I would say uh, making people sense the importance and and getting the buy-in that is the core. And that's uh, when that is achieved, then the operational result uh, uh, starts to st- starts to get really uh, better. And then it's uh, coming back to the beginning of my my response on this question. Uh, it does sh- show up uh, at, at the very end, also in the bottom line. Sure. No, that's that's uh, that's great. Um, maybe maybe a question on the technology side. So, how does automation and the improvement of the various technologies? that are coming out or current or maybe even in the future, how does it actually impact this uh, secure logistics industry? Well, as any other industry is, is, is really getting quite, quite uh, seriously influenced uh, by, by, by new uh, technologies. So in, in that respect, uh, cash in transit uh, uh, business is, is no, no, no difference uh, from, from others. So we have to be uh, more efficient uh, doing, uh, let's say, uh, for example, in, in cash counting centers, uh, the work in in in, uh, in much more efficient way, having uh, better, quicker, uh, less breaking uh, machinery uh, in place. Uh, but again, uh, this is something what the customers uh, do not see. They feel it. They see everything is uh, fine. And and uh, and uh, uh, everything happens in time. Uh, uh, no discrepancies. All good. 
but what uh, impacted, uh, I would say, even even much more than uh, than uh, uh, these technologies in 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 the back office or cash counting areas, is the customer end, and uh, I would say roughly last ten years now, uh, smart safes have been introduced, uh, and this means that the uh, they. Uh, smart safes on the devices installed to 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 customer locations, uh, uh, which are able to do either just uh, coin counting or coin and uh, banknotes counting, or the best ones, the biggest ones, uh, are, are capable of doing uh, uh, also the recycling function. And that's important for the customers that uh, that they are in uh, by using such kind of service. They are able to have much better control on uh, on uh, on the costs, on how much people, uh, their employees, uh, do spend time handling the cash. And many of the customers who started to use this service of such kind were very very happy uh, uh, in in that respect. That 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 uh, that given the shortage of of of, of staff, uh, this uh, time spent before counting the cash. Could be much uh, more efficiently used, uh, for example, uh, displaying uh, new goods uh, uh, on the shelves, uh, so or or doing some other uh, 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 things what are needed to do, for example, in in, in fuel chain uh, or uh, uh, stations. Um, that's that's been very much the case that 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 uh, all the time a lot of people you know uh, visiting those and and uh, and and certain goods are running out uh, on the shelves, so they need to replenished and so on and uh, if at that time your employee was was counting the cash in the in in, uh, in the back office of, of of that petrol station well it's obvious that it's it's not good for the business but overall i would say uh smart safes are absolutely the um, technology enabling uh, uh, uh customers uh, to work much much more efficiently and, and focus on on what they should be doing and take uh, allowing uh, technology and then service providers um, like secure logistics companies to take care of uh, the rest. So no customer wants to take or bring cash themselves from the bank. Uh, they want to have as uh, low as possible costs uh, for for cash handling and uh, so on. So in that respect, uh, the service providers who are able to to meet uh, these customer expectations uh, by by properly designed uh, service. Um, do uh, successfully compete uh, with other payment uh, uh, means. So from that uh, perspective, I would say cash is, uh, this is kind of a reconfirmation that cash is not going away. Uh, uh, customers, uh, uh, general public does want to use the cash. And and uh, if uh, uh, businesses uh, use this service, uh, as I uh, explained, I mean, this uh, there is something what you can make your customers happy so customers can uh, pay in cash and then and, and happy customer is, is well then the result of, of all uh, successful businesses yes that's true very true maybe switching gears and kind of compare and contrast because you're an experienced guy peter and uh uh we've heard quite a bit about the secure logistics business but i also know that you have run operations for payment processing so could you tell us a little bit more about kind of the similarities or the differences uh, in terms of the secure logistics business and the operations for payments processing? 
Yeah, that's uh, that's true statement. Uh, before I joined the uh, secure logistics business, I had good opportunity to run uh, operations uh, function for one of world's largest payment uh, processor in uh, Baltics. Uh, so in that uh, respect, I have really really experienced kind of two different uh, industries. Uh, uh, looking from from the ownership perspective, this uh, this business is uh, were quite similar in a way. Uh, both were uh, US owned. Uh, one being owned by KKR, which is uh, one of the world's leading investment firms, and mm-hmm. another uh, being a New York Stock Exchange listed uh, company operating globally in in over hundred uh, uh, countries. Uh, my mission in both was fairly similar. Uh, uh, through business transformation to to achieve much more efficient lean and uh, aligned uh, structures so from uh, from my personal perspective these tasks uh, uh, differ just from uh, one being uh, transforming just the operational service delivery meaning mostly services and costs and second one being a complete overhaul of management structure and uh, comprised also full regional profit and loss responsibility. Uh, comparing just the businesses, uh, it's it's quite quite different uh, by the nature, of course, because uh, payments business, it's, it's, it's something which, which uh, handles uh, uh, um, very big volumes. It's, it's really a true scale business. It does make sense to run uh, payments processing uh, uh, as a scale uh, uh, business but uh, secure logistics uh, this is more like a, like a local uh, country specific and and uh, achieving scale is much more difficult or sometimes even not possible uh, at all uh, but again there are also always uh, similarities uh, so uh, you can you can see that uh, operational excellence applies to both of them uh, what can and should be done, not on one country, but on a regional global basis. And same applies to products and services development. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very interesting. Well, Peter, this has been fascinating and you've uh, gone in depth into uh, the secure logistics service operations and the industry as a whole, as well as told us and enlightened us about the payments processing and some of the technologies and the transformation. So this is a very, uh, very interesting case example in operations leadership. And I think one that many of the listeners can glean some insights from. So I want to thank you very much for your time and the insights that you've provided to us. Uh, so Thanks again, Peter. Thank you. My pleasure. That's it for this week's Operations Leadership Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. And until next time.